0: Good evening. It is good to see everyone here together tonight. We are so thankful. Some that were away are back, and we are glad for that. It has been a good Mother's Day, and we are thankful to have the opportunity to have all the guests we did today. Tonight, we are going to discuss a topic that might seem like an odd one, and it might seem like an odd question, but it's a very important one. Are you a Campbellite? Now, you might say, what in the world is a Campbellite?" I mentioned in Bible class recently that I was going to be having a debate with a denominational preacher in October of this year. His name is Dr. David Baker, and he is the vice president of the Independent Baptist University Online. And he had responded on Facebook to one of the videos that I had done on the Gospel Broadcasting Network. And so I reached out to him and I said, Would you like to debate this? You know, arguing on Facebook is is pointless. You can barely have a good discussion there. So I said, Let's have a good, cordial discussion. And he said, I would love to do that. And so we scheduled the debate for October of this year. I mentioned to you that when we were on this trip, that an 18-wheeler hit the back of our van... And uh, did some body damage, it didn't hurt us, but we ended up spending two hours sitting on the side of the road, waiting on the police. And while we were there, killing time, I pulled up my messages, and I had a message from him backing out of the debate. And so, I was very disappointed about that. We had already gotten a facility, and uh, so we're going to try to find someone to take his place. But in the process of preparing for that debate, I was listening to some of his podcasts and he refers to members of the Church of Christ as Campbellites. And he says something to the effect that in the past, the Campbellites had caught him off guard, but now he is well prepared to deal with the Campbellites. Well, what is a Campbellite? Why would someone use that term? The idea that he is putting forward is that Alexander Campbell started the Church of Christ, and that members of the Church of Christ are therefore Campbellites. I want to ask you the question tonight, if someone said that to you, how would you answer that? You know, the answer to this question is a very important one. Are you a Campbellite? Did Alexander Campbell start the Church of Christ? Because if he did, I want to know the answer to that question. Because my soul depends on it. I don't want to be a part of a church that was started by a human being. And so it is upon each of us to honestly investigate this and see, is this a true claim? And if it is, we need to have it in our hearts to be honest and say, I will not stay a part of a church that is built by a human being, Alexander Campbell. So we're going to study this tonight. We're going to look at three points. It's going to be a short sermon. Number one. Who is Alexander Campbell? Number two, I'm going to give some reasons that show Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ, and then we're going to answer the question, what did he do? And so we're going to be looking at a good bit of history tonight. First, who was Alexander Campbell? Alexander Campbell was the son of Thomas Campbell, who was a Presbyterian preacher. Alexander was born in Northern Ireland in 1788, and he came to America in 1809. Remember that. 1809 is when he came here. That is important. While Alexander Campbell was being trained in Glasgow University, he came under the influence of some brothers by the last name of Haldane. The Haldane brothers were trying to restore New Testament Christianity in Britain. They said, as we look around, we don't think that we are following the New Testament, and we want to get back to it. Campbell, under their influence, soon left the seceder Presbyterian Church. When he came to America, he found that his father had already done the same thing. Now, that's interesting. Remember, they didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Facebook, and so they couldn't communicate. He didn't know what was going on with his father. When he got here, he found out his father had also left the Presbyterian Church. Alexander began studying the Scriptures, and he learned that he had not been baptized for the remission of his sins, as he read described in the New Testament about the first century church. He had only been sprinkled when he was a baby. And so, in 1812, June the 12th of 1812, remember that date, in accordance with the New Testament, Alexander, his wife, his father, his mother, his sister confessed their faith in Christ, and they were baptized for the remission of sins. Alexander Campbell was a man of extraordinary intellect, and he used his intelligence and his abilities to try to get people to disavow denominational beliefs and simply go back to the New Testament. He said, let's just be the New Testament church and only that. Now, some people believe that Alexander Campbell ended up forming an additional denomination. Now, that brings us to the second point. I want to give you some reasons why Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ. Because if he did start the Church of Christ, we need to know it again, and we need to be honest when we investigate this question, because if the Church of Christ is just another denomination built by another man, then every one of us needs to get out of it, And we need to go back and read the New Testament and become a part of that church and that church only. But the fact of the matter is, Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ. And the Church of Christ matches what we read in the New Testament. Now somebody says, well, Don, that's easy to say that Alexander Campbell did did not start the Church of Christ, but can you prove it? I want us to investigate this honestly and see what we can conclude I'm going to give you some proofs that Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ. Reason number one, Alexander Campbell's work was that of restoration, not of founding. Campbell grew up in denominationalism, and in his studies, they told him that the religion he was a part of was not practicing New Testament Christianity. He read about how people became Christians in the New Testament, He read about how Christians worship in the days of the apostles. He read about the marks of the early church. And by process of comparison, he said the church that I'm a part of is not properly following the New Testament. Now, you've got to give him credit for that because that takes an honest person to say the church I grew up in is not matching what I'm reading in the Bible. He looked around him. And he looked for a church that was matching what he read in the New Testament. And he said, I am not finding it. And so what Campbell concluded was not that a new church needed to be found, founded, not that they needed to form a new religion, but that the ancient church of the New Testament needed to be restored. That is, we need to go back and follow it. And the only way to do that was to open the Bible and just follow the pattern. Do exactly what they did. In his book called The Ancient Order of Things, Alexander Campbell wrote this. In fact, that's a bad contrast on those colors. I, that's hard, hard to read. I'll read this to you. He said, it belongs to every congregation of individuals to discard from their faith and their practice everything that is not found in the New Testament of our Lord and Savior and to believe and practice whatever is there enjoined. Campbell's goal was never to start a new religion. It was simply less return to the one true church of the New Testament. In in his book, he wrote, to restore the ancient order of things, this must be recognized as the only constitution of the kingdom. And so what he was saying is, most every denomination out there has a creed book, or they have a catechism, or they have some sort of, a manual that guides them, and he said we've got to get rid of all of that and just follow the New Testament if we're going to be what they were. Campbell's goal was to restore the New Testament church, not to start a new one. So point number one is Campbell never set out to start a new church. Here's point number two. Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ because he specifically stated this. He was emphatic about this. In 1826, Campbell wrote, I have no idea of adding to the catalog of the new sex. Campbell's goal was not to form a new denomination. It was to get people to go back to the Bible, to obey its commandments, and thus be Christians only. He said not hyphenated Christians, just Christians only. Let me read you another quote from Campbell. This is longer, but he said, One uninspired man's name weighs as much as another when put into the scales of the sanctuary. And where good information and moral character exist, it is honorable, but no intelligent Christian could be pleased to be named a Paulite or a Seafite, though either of these is a thousand times, ten thousand times more honorable than a Calvinist or a Lutheran. But neither Paul nor Peter would own that man as a consistent disciple of Christ who chooses to call himself by Paul or Apollos or Cephas. I have always disclaimed everything sectarian. And if people of the different sects slander me, or any of those who prefer the scriptures to human creeds and the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to any sect, I say, if they slander us with the names and epithets that we disavow, they must answer to him who judges righteously. But for ourselves, we protest against the name, the precepts, the feelings of any sect or schism in Christendom. What was Alexander Campbell saying? He was saying, I reject human names. I reject human creeds. I reject A catechism. I reject everything sectarian. What I am saying is, let's just go back and follow the Bible and the Bible only. And that's what we're asking people to do today. With that in mind, it's ironic that he is accused of starting a new denomination. At one point in Campbell's life, a local newspaper referred to him in the paper as the founder of a denomination to which Campbell wrote in the paper. He said... I have always repudiated all human names for the people of the Lord, and I shall feel grateful if you will correct the erroneous impression which your article may have made in thus representing me as the founder of a religious denomination. What was Campbell saying? Campbell was saying, I have never sought to start a denomination, and I don't want to be credited with that. Reason number one, Campbell's work was that of restoration, not founding. Reason number two, Campbell specifically disavowed sectarianism. He opposed denominationalism. He refused to be credited with beginning one. Reason number three, Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ. History indicates that the Church of Christ existed in the United States prior to the time of Alexander Campbell. There is one congregation that I have read about, and some, some of you might be familiar with this. It's in Salina, Tennessee, the Rock Springs Church of Christ. It was started in 1805. My understanding is it is still there to this day. That was four years before Alexander Campbell even came to the United States. The gospel. In fact, there's lots of examples of these. Uh, The Gospel Advocate tells of a man identified as a Brother Lowry who found a document near Salina, Tennessee that tells of the beginning of a congregation of the Church of Christ that was started in 1736. That's 52 years before Campbell was even born. In the Abilene Christian lectures, they tell of Churches of Christ that it said had been founded along New Testament lines in Great Britain as far back as 1669, while the United States was still being colonized. In fact, listen to this quote from Leonard Channing. He says, it has been found that those churches called themselves Churches of Christ, they practiced baptism by immersion, they celebrated the Lord's Supper each first day of the week, they had a clear view of congregational independency appointing to each of those churches, he said there were eight of them in the Ulverston district of Lancashire in northwest England, and they appointed elders and deacons. And so, reason number three, the Church of Christ existed before Alexander Campbell. We can show that historically and, of course, biblically. Now, here is the fourth point, and this is the most important of them. Alexander Campbell did not start the Church of Christ because none of the doctrines, none of the precepts, None of the principles in the Church of Christ originated with Alexander Campbell. And for anyone who would claim otherwise, we would extend this challenge. We would say, name one step of the plan of salvation that originated with Alexander Campbell. Name anything that we teach that is necessary for a Christian to do in order to be saved that started with Alexander Campbell. Name even one practice that originated with Alexander Campbell because the fact is, there isn't one. We never point to uh, a book by Alexander Campbell and say Alexander Campbell took, taught this. It is always book, chapter, and verse. That's what we believe. That's what we plead with people to do. All of the steps of the plan of salvation were in the book hundreds, thousands of years before Alexander Campbell. All of the practices of the church were already in the book, in the Bible, hundreds of years before Alexander Campbell was even born. Friends, there had already lived and died thousands, tens of thousands of the members of the church of Christ, the church that belongs to Christ, by the time that Alexander Campbell was born. So, here is our last point. Then, what did he do? Alexander Campbell was a seed sower. If he didn't start the Church of Christ, what did he do? If he was not the originator of the church, what did he do? The answer is, he was a seed sower. Now, follow me in this illustration. If farmer Smith went out into his field and he planted wheat seed, what would grow from that? Would it be a Smith plant? Say, no, that doesn't make any sense. If he plants wheat, it's not going to be a Smith plant. It's going to be wheat. All right? If a bird drops an acorn out of his mouth while he's flying, and it lands on the ground, and it takes root, what will it grow? Would it grow a crow? I say, Well, that, that's ridiculous. It's not, everybody knows it's not going to grow a crow. It's going to grow a tree. We understand if farmer Smith plants wheat, it's going to grow wheat. We understand if a crow drops an acorn, it's going to grow a tree. So what was it that determined the type of plant that would grow? Was it who did the sowing? No, it wasn't who did the sowing. Was it where it was sown? No, it wasn't where it was sown. The point that I'm trying to make is this. The type of seed that is planted is what determines what will grow, not who plants the seed. You see, this is the law of God from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says... Every seed will bring forth after its own kind. That is true in farming. It is also true in the spiritual realm. Every seed brings forth after its own kind. So let's go back to the original question. What does this have to do with Alexander Campbell? It has to do with Alexander Campbell because he was a seed sower. When he preached, he sowed the message of the New Testament into the hearts of men. But what was the seed that he sowed? Campbell's belief was preach the Bible only the Word of God. Luke 8 and verse 11, we have read in the scripture reading tonight, says the seed is the Word of God. Luke one twenty three teaches that New Testament Christians are those who have been born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the Word of God. Luke 8.11, the seed is the Word of God. So let's draw the conclusion. If every seed reproduces after its own kind, and a man plants the incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God, that seed will produce new, new Testament Christians in the first century, the second century, the third century, and it's going to produce the same thing today, and that is a New Testament Christian. Friends, the plea of Alexander Campbell to the religious world was this let's lay aside all doctrines of men, let's lay aside all manuals, let's lay aside all covenants, all creeds, and simply go back to the Bible and practice New Testament Christianity. So what was the work of Alexander Campbell? He was a restorer. He was a seed sower. I want you to think about this with me. What if 200 years from now, every member of the Lord's church had gone astray? You know, what if some who were trying to change the church, what if they're successful and they lead everybody away? Could somebody come along and pick up a New Testament and begin to preach the truth about the kingdom and about the plan of salvation and the organization of the church and about how to worship? Could someone come along and preach those things and restore the New Testament church? Of course. Yes, sir, they could do that. Absolutely. As long as we have the Word of God, we have the seed. And that's what it takes to restore the New Testament church The church of Christ. The church of Christ is not a name. The church of Christ is a designation. It means the church that belongs to Christ. Alexander Campbell was a good man. He was a man who saw a serious situation in which he realized that the churches of his day were not the same as the church that we read about in the Bible. He pleaded with men to return to the pattern and be Christians only, Did he start the Church of Christ? Absolutely not. It had existed for hundreds of years prior to his birth. And this evening, our plea is the same. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's be Christians only. Lay aside all the creeds, all the doctrines. Let's be the same. Let's simply practice and be the church we read about in the New Testament. That's why we have debates. That's why we have these kind of discussions to get people to lay aside everything because we're talking about the most important thing that ever existed, and that is the salvation of our souls. And we want people to go to heaven. That's our plea tonight. Let's be Christians and Christians only. Let's follow the Bible and the Bible only. It teaches to be a child of God, a person must hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Maybe tonight you're ready to do that. If that is the case, then we would be Very happy to assist you. Maybe you're here as a member of the Lord's Church and you need to publicly repent. We would be honored to pray for you this evening. Tonight, if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, won't you come? Together we stand and sing the invitation song.